Hey, it's Guy B with Vital MX. Normally our Inside Line podcasts are a little longer conversations, but with some of the forum chatter over the recent selection of Team USA, we wanted to drop this one in with three different voices. We've got one from the AMA side to explain a bit about the selection process, one with a rider on Team USA talking about how this year's team structure and prep will be different, and finally, a story of when none of the selected riders wanted to participate for Team USA. It all makes for some pretty interesting listening. The Inside Line is presented by Thor. Since 1968, Thor MX has elevated motocross racewear innovation to new heights. Designed and fabricated to the standards set by the long list of Supercross and Motocross champions, the Thor 2020 collection features all-new performance-driven racewear, boots, helmets, and more. Go to ThorMX.com or visit your local Parts Unlimited dealer to learn more. We also have to thank Chaparral Motorsports, who have been helping riders outfit their dirt bikes with parts, accessories, and tires for more than 30 years. Today, Chapmoto offers professional advice online and in-store, helping you find the best riding gear and equipment for all your power sports vehicles. Visit Chapmoto.com today. That's C-H-A-P-Moto.com. We also have to thank Maxxis Tires, who are proud to introduce the all-new Maxxcross MX-ST a premier motocross tire tested and developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Available now at your local dealer. First up is Mike Pelletier, the AMA's Supercross manager. You'll see him over the next couple of weeks handing out number one plates to the new national champs, and he also helps out with the selection of the Team USA riders. Tell me a little bit about how you guys approached talking to the teams this year and organizing that's different from previous years yeah every year seems to differ a little bit but there are some similarities you know we uh this isn't something that happens just this weekend as we come into the event you know it's a few months before uh we start kind of sprinkling around the pits and seeing if what the interest is of the riders you know this year we had a unique situation where a lot of them were healthy which is a great situation to be in so we start going about two months i think i went to ww as the first one uh, i think i saw you there actually I and mean, then we were going around and starting to, starting those conversations a lot happens behind the scenes uh not not so much at the events, but those phone calls start happening, and uh, then we end up at Unadilla, and here we are with the team. What hurdles did you have this year? With, how did how did we come up with uh, the guys that we have now? Yeah, you know, once we start talking to those teams, you can tell where the interest is, who's uh, not interested, who is interested. Not not just the riders, but the teams too. It's really important to get the support. And once we can kind of funnel that in, you know, you land on the three teams uh, and riders that are interested. You know, there's not just the support, but also the interest that wants to be there. They, I want the three riders that really want to be there. For the most part, everyone did want to go this year. It was one of those crazy years that it, there was a lot of interest, and it was good. It makes our hard, you know, our decision a little harder, but uh, it was good. And we're at, we landed on these three guys, and I'm I'm feeling really confident about it for sure. The, the hurdle is pretty high this year with uh, Assen, you know, the, yeah. the type of sand that it is. And, yeah. you know, it's not typical for what our guys are riding. It's not. You know, it's something very unique. After some of the people I talked to over overseas, too, um, you know, it, it's unique for them, too, because it's built for that event. So it's something it's hard to find somewhere else or even practice on. But, you know, our guys, Zach, Jason, and Justin, are going to go over early and try to practice on some of that soil just to try to build it up. I know I think Zach and Jason are going three weeks early, Justin maybe two weeks early. And they're going to ride together, and they're really united as a team. And hopefully, with that experience over there, and you know, adjusting to the culture more, the food over there, the soil over there, hopefully that'll give us a good foot up. 
What does it take logistically from from the AMA side to, to make it happen? Yeah, we have a lot of help. That's not just on our side. I want to give a shout out to uh, Christina Denny, who's our team coordinator, you know, uh, team manager from Jeff Canfield, Tim McAdams, all those guys make it make it work. We have to coordinate rooming and you know travel gear from basically start to finish um, there's a lot that goes into it not necessarily uh, from the AMA side of the logistics of like shipping the things over the, the motor or the bikes and all that but from the other side the administrative side is what we really kind of work on and that's a, a few months project and Christina is actually a lifesaver in that she's fantastic is there a, a budget set aside for this or what is what does it cost to send a team <sighs> yeah th there is a budget we have set uh, which is a little tough to stay within sometimes obviously flights and all of those logistics increase every year it's not getting any cheaper to do it but uh, we do try to stay within a range uh, so to speak and we, we try to meet that we do help you know riders and mechanics and you know try to get them over because it is our team it is the AMA's team uh, also Roger we try to help you know and, and do the best we can with hotels and and things like that but it, it is definitely a costly venture um, but one that we take seriously and to the AMA this event is incredibly important to us. Next up is Zach Osborne, who will captain this year's Team USA. Given the unique aspects of this year's Motocross Nations with the man-made sand track in Assen, they've got a bit of a different approach than recent teams as far as prep for the event. All right, Zach, congrats on being named team captain for Team USA this year. Tell me what is going to be different this year. Thank you. It's an honor. I mean, uh, we face a mammoth challenge to go there and, and race uh, against the Euros on a sand track. I mean... That's no, there's no hiding that, but um, we have a really good plan in place to go there a couple weeks early, do some sand riding and kind of, you know, I, I knew what I was getting into. I think Jason and Justin will adjust fine and they have the same plan as me. So we're going there to, to win. I mean, honestly, uh, I don't see why we can't. It's, it's not even a long shot in my mind. It's, it's, you know, the best team wins and, and we have three really good guys that are really passionate about the event and, and we can make it happen. I'm super thankful to get picked and I'm, I'm glad that I have two teammates that are passionate about the event and are fired up to go. It, this race has been on my, you know, my dreams list for, for my career for a long time and uh, I, I enjoyed racing in England uh, at Matterly and I've wanted a, you know, another shot at it since then so I think that we're going to, we're going to go there and we're going to be prepared and make it happen. You guys are no stranger to sand with with the tracks you guys have in Florida. Yeah, no stranger, but it's uh, it's a little different. You know, it's a lot a lot deeper and a lot gnarlier. But like I said, I feel like we can can make it happen and get get some good settings and uh, some good time on the bike before the race. How much have you watched videos of that race? And I've the watched past? quite a bit of Aston video. I've never raced there. I've been watching videos since we kind of started talking about the nations, but. And it's, it's a pretty gnarly track because it's, you know, obviously the, the side of the track's asphalt and that's kind of sketchy, but all in all, I think it's going to be a really good track for us. We have three guys that are really good starters. Um, Justin's obviously blazing fast on, on the hot laps and, and in motos as well. I mean, he's a really good rider, so we're just going to go there and give our best. Sounds like the team structure is going to be a little bit different too. Yeah, we're trying to, to kind of maybe bring back a little bit more of the, the team feel to it, if you will. Other than that, yeah, n nothing major, no major changes, but we're going to just try to, to, you know, bring back some camaraderie and, and um, some relationship to the team, if you will. A, so, a little more togetherness and not spread yeah. all over the pit area? Right, we're, yeah, we're trying to make it as, as together as possible. 
I'm inching up on 100% as far as my health goes again. So I'm happy to uh, to continue. Um, hopefully, this these last two rounds go you know the same, similar or the same. I'm really looking forward to next weekend. Um, Bud's Creek's been a, a really good track for me and in the past, and um, you know I, I'd love to get my first 450 win there. Do you think you're giving anything up? Uh, you know, putting the effort in that you guys are for motocross nations, say for a monster cup, or were you not going to do it anyway? No, I'm not doing monster cup. I have to ha- actually have to have a little uh, procedure on my collarbone that I messed up at the beginning of the season after Assen. So um, I- I'm going to sit all that stuff out and then uh, start start training again in November. And finally, we've got Duke Finch, the former AMA Pro MX manager, who also worked with the USA teams throughout his time in that position. He can remember back to when none of the primary riders who were chosen wanted to go. All right, Duke, you were talking about in 1992, Team USA had been on a pretty good winning streak, and none of the riders asked wanted to go. Yeah, all, all the top guys uh, said thanks but no thanks, and we were at sign-up at Troy, Ohio, and Jeff Emmick come to me and offered to ride to whatever I wanted him to do. He, want, he wanted to be part of the team. <clears throat> so we ended up asking Michael Rocco, who was in the... 125 championship with Emic at the time because uh, season didn't get over until October so we had the nations to run with still two or three motocrosses to run afterwards we needed a 500 rider and we finally got a hold of Billy Lyles who was riding in Europe and he was second in the world championship at the time and so we got Billy to ride the 500 for us put LeBrock on the 250 and Emic on the 125 neat part of it was when we got the three guys together LaRocco and Emick hated one another. I mean, I had trouble with them every week because they hated one another so bad. And Billy Lyles put an arm around each of them and said, I don't care how much you hate one another last week or next week or whatever, but this week we're Team USA. And it, it worked out well. The press people didn't want anything to do with us because the U.S. sent the B team. Uh, none of the stars that they they all knew were there. Or expected to be expected there. Expected to be there, uh-huh. right. And uh, we went out and kicked butt. I mean, we'd... Uh, we'd we won with nearly a perfect score. People ask me, you know, the years that I was manager, what was the what was the highest and what was the lowest? You know, that that trip to Australia was kind of a dream trip to start with, and then being part of that team was it was pretty cool. What other teams had, had you been involved with? Well, I, I worked with the team for the 14 years I was manager. Uh, you know, worked together. Uh, you know, they're early with through Roger Tacosta, Roy Jansen, and I basically picked the teams for years you know fortunate thing was after that uh you know the, the top guys were got got over being spooked or whatever and started to go again but uh, i good friends with uh jeff stanton and years later jeff said that was the biggest mistake of his entire pro career was telling me that he wouldn't go in 92 because he'd been other years and said he he just to pass up the the chance to uh represent the u.s uh, he said that was a big mistake. It's a pretty special thing. Yeah, it, and it is. Um, I've always made the joke because when I was manager, I, I couldn't be a race fan. Uh, I wasn't allowed to cheer. The one race out of the year when I could yell, park him, you know, <laughs> you know I could be a fan. I, the fan that was inside had to hide all the rest of the year could come out for that one race. Yeah, you had to be neutral back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Not, I wasn't supposed to be cheering for anybody. That's, yeah. What was the most fun team? That that team was, you know, probably the most memorable. Different riders, different times. I, I got a kick out of Kudrowski because uh, he was scared of heights. 
And the year we went to uh, Austria, we were staying in a chateau up on top of the mountain, and we had to take a gondola up. And between my wife, Sani, and Kudrowski, I know their fingerprints are still in the center pole of that gondola going up to that mountain. But uh, White knuckle in it? Oh, yeah. They, they're both scared to death. <laughs> what was the worst experience of, of all of that? Yeah, you know, I, I, I guess the first year we lost, when we lost in Switzerland, that was it was a downer. I mean, we, we'd won so consistently for so many years, and uh, you know, when, when we did lose, it was it was a hard pill to swallow. You know, but uh, it, it still was good. Slovakia was probably one of the biggest experiences. It's the only time in my life when I felt like a rich man, where two dollars fifty cents would buy you a pizza big enough for two and two beers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Did you go all the way back to the first? time we sent a team or not no no it's uh you know 92 was my first year that okay. was the first year that i was motocross manager for the ama so that was the first year that i was involved with the whole thing so again it was you know the, the dream of going to australia and you know my my first year as manager and all it was it was pretty special how did it change over the years pretty much everybody was pretty charged to go and you know maybe the logistics weren't what it took to to make it happen now it was it was different for so many years our riders were so dominant because they had started as youngsters where the Europeans didn't start till they were in their teens. So we had to jump on them. And it all turned when their riders become riders who rode from four years old on up through too. And, it, you know, it's talking about unique things. Uh, Jerez, Spain, McGrath was tripling down a hill that was supposed to be these th- three big rollers down the hill. And McGrath was launching off the top of the hill and clearing them all, all the way to the bottom. And uh, people forget that they talk about dominance. Steve Lampson won both motos on his 125. Passed Jeff Emick, like, with two laps to go. Jeff was on the 500, passed him with two laps to go. So he beat all the 500s, you know. That, that, was, that was a good, fun weekend. Europeans were going nuts because at that time... The rules were no double jumps, and they, you know, these guys, our guys are jumping these downhills and stuff, those doubles and triples, and they're going, well, you can't do that. And I go, well, what do you mean you can't do it? I mean, it's the track you built. <laughs> right. So, you're supposed to keep it on the ground. I, I guess so. We're, you were supposed to be that fast. So, <laughs> but uh, that year, again, back to Jeff Emick, uh, always, always been one of my favorites. Uh, we put him on the 500. Uh, because we didn't have a 500 rider and at the end of that race jeff said me duke says i'll go to motocross the nations anytime you want me to but please please don't make me ride that 500 again <laughs> before we head out we have to thank our sponsors the inside line is presented by thor since 1968 thor mx has elevated motocross racewear innovation to new heights designed and fabricated to the standard set by the long list of supercross and motocross champions the Thor 2020 collection features all new performance-driven racewear, boots, helmets, and more. Go to thormx.com or visit your local Parts Unlimited dealer to learn more. We also have to thank Chaparral Motorsports. For more than 30 years, Chaparral Motorsports has been sharing its love of dirt bikes with like-minded individuals by offering a massive selection of the latest riding gear, new models, parts and accessories, and great pricing on tires. Visit chapmoto.com. Also, Maxxis Tires is proud to introduce the all-new Maxxcross MXST, a premier motocross tire tested and developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Available now at your local dealer. Ready for some more bench racing? 
Look for the next Inside Line soon. In the meantime, you can subscribe to the show via your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also go back and listen to previous shows. If you're feeling really generous, leaving us a rating and review always helps. Thanks.